and welcome to episode 12 of the Cover Drive Collective, the mega episode. I am so excited. India has basically won 2-1 against England. Of course, the fifth match being cancelled, but I take this as a total win. And of course, we are one week away from the Indian Premier League. India's 15-man squad for the T20 World Cup has been announced, so there is a lot of excitement in the air. I would like to introduce, of course, my co-host Anand Samat, along with two special guests. So, Siddhant Sapru, Hey Sid, and Ayush Falor. Hey Ayush. So, this is going to be a jam-packed episode, and I, I'd like to welcome you guys. Um, I'd like to start with Sid. Sid, why don't you tell us your favorite cricketer, your favorite commentator, and your favorite cricket match? Okay. Um. So my favorite cricketer definitely has to be Dhoni. I don't think that there's any comparison in that. But if you ask me as for the current lot, then it's definitely Rohit Sharma, for sure. Awesome. And commentator, um, of course, Harsha Bhogle. I think is everyone's favorite. I don't think that, that there's any comparison to that. But then I, I found I find one commentator I think very underrated to be honest, and he's very fun to watch. It's Danny Morrison. Oh IPL. yes. Oh yes. Yeah, so that and the favorite match I think. Uh, India Pakistan the uh, bowl out match definitely. Oh, going back to the 2017-20 World Cup. Yeah, for sure. Amazing, amazing choices there. Uh, Ayush, why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit about your favorite cricketer, your favorite match, and your favorite commentator? Um, so favorite cricketer of all time is this one man, the gentleman of Indian cricket, Rahul Dravid. But from the current lot, I really like Yaneman Malan. the south african opener who averages above 100 for south africa right now and of course rohit sharma so yeah uh, my favorite commentator has to be mark nicholas because i mean his voice just to you you know he's speaking when he's talking you just Definitely. know that this is a guy that he's easy to be amazing and my favorite match is the 438 one day international match between australia and south africa where south africa of course chased down a huge target of 434 so yeah That's just a little bit about me. Awesome! So, I still remember that match. That was wonderful. So well, I must say, Ayush and Sadiel have got impeccable taste. You know, whether it is in cricket match, favorite commentator, and you know, uh, even a favorite cricketer, and especially Sid. I mean, you and I have, I think, a lot of common in the cricketer and commentary part. And uh, I really agree with you. Your point that Danny Morrison is quite underrated. And also, I used. I mean, I saw that match four thirty eight. Man, it was epic. I mean, that the way they were hitting. Oh my god, that was incredible to watch. And yes, uh, you know, I I know Rahul Dravid. I've seen his innings, and obviously, that's a really great choice having him as your favorite cricketer. So, as as we know we have sort of hit a halt when it comes to test cricket there has been a little bit of a controversy regarding the fifth match being cancelled but what a wonderful series we've had ayush said anand i want to know from y'all what have been the key performers that have emerged from this bilateral series between india and england and how are they going to perform for the this round of the world test championship um of course uh, we all know who is the player of the series was of course joe root he uh, this is like a career defining series for any cricketer when you are literally averaging nearly 100 in a test series it's a great achievement sadly he ends up on the losing end 
but apart from that for england i think jimmy anderson is always there and audi robinson turned it up but it was just a three man show for them others contributed in bits and pieces but nothing substantial from any of them across any games and no consistency from the other eight players who were playing but from india of course i think in for india the amazing thing was everyone put their hands up whenever it was needed uh, kohli and pujara may not have scored hundreds but they got vital 50s when it mattered but i think our player of the series was simple it was uh, jaspreet bumrah because he turned it up with the ball when we needed it the most in the last test also the fourth test we saw those two yorkers he's someone who's utilizing yorker as a potent weapon in a test match like that's that's never been done this consistently ever before so it's uh, uh, amazing to him and of course in batting we had rohit as the standout performer kudos to him finally getting the 100 and i think yeah this score of indian fast bowlers will be our key because we have like uh, amazing fast bowling now in terms of depth as well as quality so for this wtc run i think these fast bowlers will be the ones who will be leading us to victory because at home our spinners we know what they can do i don't think anyone can outright beat us at home in a over an entire series so it's just that overseas that these pacers have the ability to win us games now so that's why i think we'll be a force in wtc once again due to the the fast bowling unit no doubt i think we have really seen a revelation in our fast bowlers of course the revolution was started with the likes of zahir khan back in the early 2000s but the emergence of guys like bhuvi in the early 2010s and then mohammad shami umesh yadav ishan sharma jasprit bumrah have just really catapulted india to a new level and we haven't seen anything like that before so i'm going to take it to sid now sid why don't you tell us something about what you have taken away from this bilateral series um i can speak from our side definitely um the one thing that we've definitely taken away is the bowling that is for sure our bowling has won us matches not not just by bowling batting as well our bowlers have batted us to victory that is something that was amazing to watch as a viewer you can just it's just amazing to see uh, number 9s and number 10s coming and scoring 50s that's just so spectacular and um rohit sharma of course definitely the batting uh, stalwart this time around for us pujara also had a decent performance i think um virat i am not so sure on that i didn't i was kind of disappointed especially as per his level i think his level is way too high to give such performances that is for sure finally well, that someone speaks my language yeah yeah i was about to just pitch in uh, that you know, said there's someone over here who's going to agree with you on everything against virat kohli and that is vasish so i think we can leave that topic a little you know, topic for later because virat kohli's performance is another thing but virat kohli as a captain is also another thing we have to give him credit as a captain he has really done well okay uh, for in test for india so you uh, you have to give him credit and i just said in the previous episode also he's at number 4 you know in most test match which uh, wins you know he's at number 4 he's at, he's above clive lloyd with 38 wins so i think virat kohli the captain has done his job but i think his batting uh, performance has been overshadowing it so i think we need to give him some credit over there too so now we have come to a point where India squad looks extremely complete but I want to ask the three of y'all about players that might have misstepped in form in this series and this is completely from India side we'll get to England later but there have been two key performers one Ravi Chandran Ashwin who has not gotten a single game in this series 
and the second being Rishabh Pant, who's just had 150. But the expectations that we have from Rishabh Pant after his performances in the early part of 2021 have been phenomenal. So, what do you guys have to say, firstly about Ashwin and then about Pant? Um, about Ashwin, what I can say is honestly, I don't think it was needed for him to play. We had a pretty decent squad that was playing, and you can make Jadeja play over him as. as he as he's a better batter definitely um for sure and uh, regarding regarding jadeja i think he's very underrated as a batsman i think he is he's he's come to his form in the last few years and i think i think he's a pretty decent all-rounder when it comes to test and in england you're not so sure whether the wicket is going to spin on day 5 or not and even if it's going to is going to spin on the last day so it's always a big gamble to make ashwin play finally someone has agreed with me over here vashish i mean I have been telling this continuously in the previous episodes that you know Ashwin will be playing depending upon the conditions and you know uh, mostly the England wickets are for the pace bowlers and you know there are a lot of they call the overcast conditions in England the summer of England which I think that's not an appropriate term for it but uh, as Sid said and I you know I finally there is somewhat with me also to agree that you know it. it all depends upon the pitch the conditions and even if the ball turns it it might be turning in day 5 i mean we saw in in the lords test also mohin ali was getting a little bit of help from the pitch even in the oval test match you know where india won uh, there was a little bit of help but the the pitch was dry and as the game progressed that time the spinners were having some uh, you know help from the pitch but not before that so and plus ashwin's batting you know uh, it's not that great overseas yes he's got 500s but that's almost uh, against west indies and yes uh, against england too but these are these are all in home conditions his batting overseas has been has been a problem and i think shardul thakur has really done a good job for us with the bat you know replacing ashwin of course i ayush do you have anything to add about ashwin being excluded from the four matches Uh, honestly, I think uh, the result it wouldn't see a major change if Ashwin was playing. I think we, with or without him, for a pacer, we still win the series as it is. He's someone I think who averages very low in England, like around twenty in his uh, like twenties. He averages twenty eight, I think. And uh, before the Test series, he took part in a county game where he picked up six wickets. So he's someone who generally does very well in England. so uh just the thing is ki now uh, our paces are now equipped to bowl long overs so we don't need that extra spinner who can come in and actually bowl 10 10 20 we don't need a wicket taking spinner we just need someone who can control the economy rate while the fast bowlers rest because our bowlers are now fitter so that is one key thing which why we stick to the 41 template and i think ashwin's batting is definitely not a par with jadeja so no no cr- cr- harsh criticism over ashwin not playing but definitely in the third test i think india could have used ashwin he should have played there because the conditions were supporting him and it's at a ground where uh, he's done well in the past so apart from that i don't think any of the other three tests we needed ashwin but even with him i think he gets us the wickets that win us the game so there's that absolutely absolutely i completely agree with you you pointed out the same things as i said and that's absolutely right So talking about uh, we spoke about Ashwin. Let's talk about Rishabh Pant now. So what do you think? Like uh, you know, before this series, he was affected from with COVID. Then he came back. Do you think that COVID had uh, you know 
impact on his mindset because before that he was in a great form okay we saw in in the england series uh, in india and also in the early part of 2021 where he won us the australian series so do you think he being affected with covid before the england series had a role to play in his form and that's why he scored only 150 um can i take this one yeah sure sure so i don't know how much covid does have to have a role to play in this because before the ipl devdat padikal was uh was infected with covid and two games later there was devdat padikal with the, with his first ipl 100 and scoring runs back to back for the next few matches so i'm not sure how much of a role covid has to play but again it varies from individual to individual akshar patel had covid before the england series and then he was taking wickets after wickets uh, throughout so i don't know whether covid is a major factor or it could affect different individuals um, in their own way but for me i don't know whether it was rishabh pant's rash shot playing because rishabh pant was getting out a very it was they weren't wicket deliveries that were getting rishabh pant out it was it was rishabh pant playing outside like stump or sort of trying to swing the bat so i'm not sure whether rishabh pant is given the role whether rishabh pant's role is fixed whether he's supposed to be the the slogger that comes in the end or someone that holds in innings and takes you ahead so i'm not very sure where his priorities are and what the captain and coach are expecting out of him is that the confusion um if anyone can put a little bit of light on this sort of gray area um what i can say regarding rishabh pant for sure um what we've seen in the past at least a couple of years is that rishabh pant is one of those batsmen at least in my opinion out of 10 games he won't play he won't play well in seven of them but three of them he'll win you single handedly So I think that is the role that he has been defined. Like you just go out and do what you do. If you get out, it's okay. We we'll take the blame. But if you but if you play, we're we're winning the match. As simple as that. I think that is what he has. Is that something that like is? But can we can we really want that from a player, or do we want something a little more consistent? Do we want to prioritize a match winner? on a very occasional basis or do we want a consistent performer who can get us runs because rishabh pant behind the stumps is phenomenal he is improving day by day under the tutelage of guys like rhythm and saha and i think there's a lot of uh, improvement behind the stumps but as a batsman do we want some more consistency uh t- talking about rishabh pant i think the covid factor does definitely come into play because um the guys you spoke about so devdat padikal got a good start in ipl but then post that he was very inconsistent so he got one good innings but he wasn't like playing the way he usually does he was a bit scratchy so i think playing in foreign conditions that you're not used to without much practice is going to have an impact but apart from that uh, talking about consistency i think pant is consistent in a way that he, he gives you a start at least he will give you those good 30 40 runs and then he will get out so i think here in this tour there was one thing where he found himself in a bit of a loop where he came out to bat under very weird circumstances we had just had a middle order collapse or something like that most of the time it was post a collapse so he wasn't you weren't really sure what he was supposed to do was he supposed to come and attack was he supposed to come and defend and when he tries to force a defensive shot then he's he generally gets out to those kind of deliveries in the test match before uh, shammi and bumrah completely outplayed england from the game in the second test 
he got out playing a defensive shot because i think what he was trying to do is he was just trying to spend as much time in the middle as possible and not playing his natural game so post middle order collapses what punts role is is not defined if he can't def- like defend pretty well after that then he should be given the license to actually attack and i think at every point in time he's someone who isn't a good defensive player at least in test matches so he should like the focus for him should be to play his natural game and not come under pressure i don't think he has played under this much pressure after a middle order collapse ever because even in australia our middle order did reasonably well and he came out when you know you you needed runs to win and you had a target in mind in first innings is after a middle order collapse you don't know what he's actually supposed to do so i think the senior pros need to tell him what his role should be whenever he's out in the middle and guide him because he's someone i think who doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing in the middle at times and that gets him confused and he gets out playing defensive shots when he should be attacking yeah i mean you uh, put out a very good point but you also mentioned that he's not a good defender of the ball no but that's actually a very op- contradictory statement from what the uh, legends like sunil gavaskar uh, and you know the other people in the commentary box said they are they all said you know he's got a very good defense so now uh, we are over years like we are over years saying that he's not a good defense his role is not defined i mean i agree to you that with you and vasist Uh, that you know his role isn't defined because four wickets down what do you expect him to do does he play his natural game or he just defends but i feel uh, we want a person with more consistency then i think uh, he should change his mindset especially in test cricket because you got a lot of time okay and he's been seen uh, as a successor to mahendra singh dhoni and you know that man over the years did a lot of things for india you know he bailed them out over and over again you know especially in the 2014 test series if i am not wrong okay uh, middle order and opening batsmen were in uh, in form and you know dhoni was the it scored the most number of runs for india so when that things happen you expect at least a lower middle order uh, and your tail i mean the tail already did his part but your lower middle order like jadeja and pand you expect them to give you some runs so i feel uh, yes his role needs to be defined he needs to know when to attack and when to defend like if you're uh, 200 for 4 or 250 for 4 that's you know that's when you can attack because a quick fire 50 to 60 can push your team to 310 320 but when you're like 100 for 4 or 90 for 4 that's when you defend so i feel it all depends upon the individual and plus you know he's played a lot of ipl and let's be honest okay we these the players who come from domestic cricket they know what their role has to be okay the scorecard itself says that, uh, what kind of a game you need to play so i think uh, yes the team management and the co- uh, coach have to sit, sit with him but he himself should have a self realization absolutely um there's one last indian player that i want to bring up which i was extremely impressed with in this series and anand i know like you know who i'm going to talk about and that is lord shardul thakur I know he's only played two games, the first test and then the fourth test. But what an innings! What an innings! In innings number one and innings number two, a fifty of thirty-seven and then a fifty of sixty. Shardul Thakur has been phenomenal. I am extremely impressed with his performance with bat, and he has been extremely consistent with the ball, taking key wickets of guys like Besto and Joe Root. So I. i can i can i can know 
I know there are critics of Shardul Thakur. So if you guys want to come at me with the fact that he does go for a couple of runs or he's not taking wickets all that often, please come at me. But I feel he was extremely vital to India's win. I think Vashisht, over here, no one is going to come at you for, you know, for Shardul Thakur because I think over here, Sid and Ayush and me, uh, you know, we all three like Shardul Thakur and especially the way he's been contributing with the bat specially. Okay, that raises a really important question, which I again, uh, which I had already asked in the previous episode. Is it the end of Hardik Pandya since the entry of Shardul Thakur? Because it's been, I think, two or three years since he hasn't played any test cricket and Shardul Thakur has been playing the role. You know, whenever he's got the opportunity, we could have, we saw that in the Australia series and also in the England series recently. He played, uh, he played two crucial innings for India and took wickets. And, you know, we have got Jadeja also to contribute. So, is it the end of Hardik Pandya with Shardul Thakur being there? So, I would like to ask you both, Ayush and Sid, give your opinions on that. Um, regarding Shardul, uh, what I can see, I, I definitely he's been a fantastic batsman, no doubt about that. And he's played his part, actually more than his part, to be honest. But his bowling definitely, I mean, I don't think we can see him as a frontline bowler, that is for sure. I think him as a third bowler is pretty decent, but not, definitely not as a frontline bowler. Regarding Hardik Pandya, what I think, I don't think is the end of Hardik Pandya, for sure. Like this time, we had Jadeja to play as a number seven. And the days that Ashwin is playing or there's some other spinner playing, I think you require the batting consistency of Hardik Pandya over Shardul. Yes, Shardul has played phenomenally and he's done his... Fantastic job this time round. But Hardik is much more consistent as a batsman for sure. Are you still uh, anything to add to this? For me, I think it's about just about the format. For me, Shardul Thakur isn't an extraordinary T20 player. He's an I mean, he's he's really good utility in test matches. But then in the white ball game, I'd rather have Hardik Pandya because Shardul is someone who's been very expensive when bowling with the white ball. But when it comes to test matches, I think his uh, average right now is also pretty low in early 20s. And I don't think he's someone who's a, actually a frontline bowler. I agree with that part. But he's rather your, uh, like he's the bowler that you go to when you want your, your you know, Jaspreet Bumrahs and Mohammad Shamis to get a good 10 over rest before they can come back with the next over. What he has is the knack of bowling very well with the old ball. So he's someone you can turn to after a, you know your frontline bowlers have had a good spell with the new ball and now they need a rest before they can go again. Maybe he's someone who can close out a session very well with the old ball. And he does that very well. He has a knuckleball variation that he utilizes in test matches as well. And he can get the ball to reverse. So for me in test, I think Shadul Thakur at number 8 is a lock. If you're playing in overseas conditions, of course. In India, I think that spot belongs clearly to Mr. Ravi Ashwin. Where because Ashwin can contribute with the bat in India, we have seen that. So, and obviously, you need more spinners. So, I think when you're playing overseas, I think he's your lock for the all rounder position with Ravi Jadeja. So, I don't think I think Hardik Pandya, the test match player, it's I think that part of his career is over because, anyways, uh, I don't know how much bowling workload he can take. That has been a very big mystery. And we are hearing that he can bowl all his entire quota in the at the W uh, of the, the world T20, but. Like bowling four overs in a 20 over innings versus bowling long spells of 10, 11 overs. I don't think his body can actually sustain that. So, what's the point of shoehorning someone into a role where they're not physically capable of taking care of it when you have someone who's 
performing well in that role so yeah shardul for overseas test matches is a lock in from now on absolutely i completely agree with you ayush in overseas conditions when you do need that extra pacer then uh, shardul thakur is more than essential but you bring up an interesting point about hardik pandya transitioning into a white ball specialist i think the same could have been said for bhuvneshwar kumar because he's not been in a test match since west indies of 2019 so and that also is because of fitness a movie is tend to is is tend to be injury prone so are we are we sort of differentiating our white ball and red ball players a little more or do you think there can be some crossover acts in the bowling department see actually uh, it all depends upon the fitness okay as both ayush and sid pointed out vashisht i feel it all depends upon the fitness because see if the player himself isn't you know willing to play in longer formats and you know isn't mentally prepared now if you put a surya a person like surya kumar yadav will be happy to play in all the three three formats for india because you know he's that fit okay so i feel it all depends upon the fitness level and the mindset of the player if they want to or they don't want to like you know let's i'll bring an example of ambati raidu okay uh, he thought he's going to be in the world cup squad but unfortunately he wasn't but he, he was like i'm retiring for test from test cricket just to focus on t20 and odi so that speaks a lot it, it all depends upon the player's mindset whether he wants to or he does not want to play absolutely so that has been india's test side now i'd like to talk a little bit about how england has performed uh, just to sort of uh, ease into it i think we all agree that england has been a three man show of ollie robinson jimmy anderson and joe root but i'm going to open this to all three of you have you noticed any other key performers or key players that have made some sort of contribution to england's chances or going forward in the wtc vashist vashist i'm sorry to cut you over here but we all know that you're talking about haseeb hamid your favorite england cricketer after joe root okay we all know that so so there's no there's no point of subtly hinting at him you could have just said his name I don't think Haseem Hamid has performed all that well this series so I'm not hinting at Hamid but has there been any other performer that you all have seen sort of bring it to the table or does England really need a revamp in their test squad so I I think one thing that we notice with the England cricket team is that uh, they have amazing pace bowling like they were They they didn't have two of their frontline pacers for most of the series. That being Jofra Archer and uh, of course Stuart Broad, who was ruled out after the first test. So re- despite that, they their bowlers, the fast bowlers at the bottom, made be Chris Wokes, who himself wasn't hundred percent fit, or Wood, who suffered an injury in the third game, and himself wasn't hundred percent fit at times. So we noticed that their pace bowling was. They have really good pace bowling there, but their bowling majorly performs in England only. so uh, they need a little more variation there but apart from that you can't bowl you can't go into any sort of a test match without a good slow bowling option no offense to moin ali who i think is a very underrated cricketer because he can deliver with the bat and bowl both there but if you don't have your captain's trust when he'd rather bowl himself over you at times when, like even though he's a proper part time bowler 
then what's the point so maybe jorut needs to look into the like domestic system more to find out a good slow bowling option because i think jack leech is someone who's performed well in the past yet he didn't have the board's backing or trust so you need that someone who's a placeholder there who can hold down an end because india has ravindra jadeja he didn't take too many wickets this test match but whenever he bowled he was very economical and he got through his overs really quick and at times when you are holding down like good batsmen down they tend to get impatient we saw that with hasib hamid when he was in total control of his innings yet he chose to play a rash uh, slog shot that mohammad shiraz should have taken in the fourth test so you need a spinner who can hold an end down bowl quick overs without giving too many runs so maybe that option is amir wirdi from uh, sari who can do that role or maybe a new spinner that they need but they need a spin bowling option that is and that clearly is not moinelli for long term so do you like to add to that um regarding the spinning options i think mohin is of course a decent spinner but yeah i think they require a spinner that is for sure jackich is a fantastic option that they have but i'd like to talk about i think david malan he came in and i think he performed pretty decently of course in the last test i don't think he performed that well but as soon as he came in he had a he got a bit of stability in that number 3 position which was which was problematic for england i think since the first india series that happened in india so i think that is where uh, david malan has brought in a bit more of stability for sure of course um one more batsman um i would like to talk about and that being johnny besto who's sort of had a shift roles in the middle from being just a batsman to a wicketkeeper batsman so he has scored decent 30s or uh, some 50s here and there but he's not really been able to take the innings forward although some key partnerships with oli pope and moin ali but is this the end for johnny besto in test cricket because he is amazing in the white ball format he's been amazing for england as an odi opener he's been really really essential for the sunrisers hyderabad so is this johnny besto's way of saying that hey guys i am great at white ball and let me just stick to that so the johnny besto debate is that if you look at rohit sharma as a good example of the same thing where once india thought that you know he's an opener then you make him an opener in all formats johnny besto is someone who's not even opening in t20 cricket you have jos butler who's opening with jason roy in t20 and besto comes at number 5 in t20 so he's just opening in odi cricket so what you're doing is actually you're essentially taking a player who who doesn't know his role across different formats sometimes you're batting at 3 sometimes you're batting at 5 for for uh, in this series also he came in at 5 then he came in at 6 and in india he often batted at number 3 as well so across all fair formats you, he doesn't know what exactly his position will be bar odi cricket where he knows he's opening so as a player i think he needs to have a conversation with the captain that you know what role do you see me best as in and i can focus completely on that you don't need to shift me up and down the batting order give him some stability and then see if he's not meant for te- test cricket then he's not meant for test cricket because i think jason roy and aaron finch are two amazing white ball openers who have you who we know at this point are cannot make it in test cricket aaron finch is someone who has a 158 in a t20 game so i mean if he's not meant for uh, test cricket he's not meant for test cricket but just give him a long run at a pos- at a certain position instead of shifting him up and down in the order 
apart from that another debate is your josh butler versus johnny besto debate because i think at this point we know that james uh, bracy and one more keeper i forgot his name that ben folks ben folks yeah ben folks i don't think neither of them are long term test options so it's between both of them i think only one of them can play because your other middle order batsman as in when ben stokes comes back it will be root 4 stokes 5 ollie pope 6 then you have your number 7 which can either be bearsto so that could be his long term role because he's someone who's who slogs very well so at 7 you have that option as well when at times you need a slogger and imagine if you have bearsto coming in at number 7 that's like uh, that could be their uh, mantra when you know how you got five batsmen out and then you see adam gilchrist walking out such a demoralizing side it could be england's response to that so maybe england like should consider this avenue as well where they figure out their entire middle order if and when ben stokes is back do you see josh a uh, johnny besto on that flight to australia for the ashes uh, yeah i think he has to because as i mentioned i think they have two long term openers now or keepers and you can't go into an tour of australia where they have such strict quarantine rules with even one or two test frontline test keepers so you need i think you need three frontline keepers if you're going to australia so i think one of the three will definitely be johnny besto so i think he's on the flight but whether he plays or not is a big question fair enough what's your take on that sid um regarding johnny besto i think the problem for england is not just johnny besto i think johnny besto is one of the very minor factors when it comes to i think the rotational policy the rotation policy is i think so extreme to be honest is basic i think it's basically just trying to get players rested when, when they don't even require a rest if a player is having a good touch of form and suddenly you rest them automatically their form breaks plus with the quarantine restrictions in every single country and the bio bubble the mental side has to be affected and johnny best i think is a is a pretty handy batsman when it comes to test cricket I think the only issue with him is the break in form, and he is again. I think one of the one of the um, specialities of him is that he's an extremist batsman. Either he won't play well or he'll play extremely well. One of those Rishabh Pant type characters for you. I think that is where his role is as of now. I think what he requires to be is just I think just give him some more time. I think one more series, and I think we might see him turn into a pretty decent and a pretty handy batsman. plus josh butler i i love him as a player i love his i love just the way he plays but i don't think he's meant for test cricket i i agree with you said i think josh butler in especially the t20 format when he's opening for england or opening for the rajasthan royals has just been one of the most smoothest crispest batsmen i've ever seen and I I feel like he should stick to that white ball format, and if Johnny Bairstow is able to keep for Test matches, I think that would be the most ideal situation England find themselves in. See, actually, you know the problem over here is Ben Stokes. Okay, I mean, if you have Ben Stokes in your side, I have repeatedly said that in the previous episode, and I'll repeat it again now that if you have Ben Stokes in your side, that problem which you have, that friction. it all dissolves because he bench stroke is like a, a liquid or or something a jelly whatever you want to give the name to it him but he plays a very important role okay because after joe root you might have bench stokes okay then you might have a josh butler or a johnny berestor or an ollie pope also so after ollie pope then you have johnny berestor or jo- uh, josh butler and they can just come and whack the ball and as ayush you know uh, pointed out 
you bowl out five batsmen and then you watch Adam Gilchrist. I think if Ben Stokes was in the side, it would have been a demoralizing uh, view for India, seeing Johnny Beresh or Josh Butler, for that matter, walking out and smashing a quick five fifty or sixty. Okay, and so and I feel this series wasn't uh, the strongest England side. Okay, yes, uh, they were a pretty good side, but they were missing. Uh, three main players: Jofra Archer, Stuart Broad, and Ben Stokes. So, yeah, and especially Ben Stokes for that matter, because we saw a lot of problems with their batting. Okay, I mean, you replaced Ben Stokes with Ollie Robinson, Craig Overton, Sam Curran, Moen Ali. I mean, four four all-rounders for one all-rounder. That says a lot. Uh, that says a lot about Ben Stokes' caliber and his contribution to the England side. I'm still trying to get over the fact that you just compared Ben Stokes to Liquid, and now I'm just imagining Ben Stokes is Liquid. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about him as a fluid. Okay, I mean not as a. Oh fluid, my but... God, Anand, stop! I I don't want to imagine Ben Stokes fluids. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Relax, relax. Yeah, but I think one thing is that England's board is a victim of their own mismanagement. Ever since quarantine cricket began, bio bubbles began, they have been mismanaging players a lot. You're bringing in a player for two games, making him quarantine for 14 days, and then he goes back home and quarantines for 14 days, just for two tests. And you do this in name of like protecting the player. You're actually doing more harm than good. I think Ben Stokes' uh, issues with his mental health can also be attributed down to the fact that the England board haven't handled the quarantine rules and the quarantine cricket very well. They have tried. to do something that is in interest of players but it has backfired very heavily so i think quarantine cricket is here to stay for a good while and you're going for the australian tour and we have seen how hard they are on quarantine and how you know th- their uh, country can make your life miserable if you don't follow their rules so it is something that they need to talk to the players about actually what they need and try to get all of their best players fit for that series So maybe Ben Stokes comes back for that series because you need Ben Stokes because he's he's the bowling option. We saw them trying to fit in five options with Ali batting at seven and Ali Moin Ali failed miserably with the bat this series. As like and he wasn't that great in India. I know he whacked a few sixes after the match was over, but as a like spin bowling all rounder, uh, I think Moin Ali's run in Test cricket is also pretty much done. He's becoming more and more a uh, Test cricket special. Uh, sorry, wide ball specialist. So they need to sort that middle and lower middle order out quickly before the Ashes, if they stand any chance. Absolutely. You're talking about the middle and the lower middle order, but you forgot about the opening vows and the number three position. Okay, I mean, if you if you just remove Rory Burns, I didn't perform well. Okay, and they, yes, Hasib Hamid did score a couple of fifties, but uh, I don't see you know him. Being a little bit, I I wish he's a little bit more consistent. Yes, he is a good player, and his number three position of David Malan. I feel he has a lot to prove, and the top three for England is also very crucial. So I think it, it's all circling back to that they are three to a four four member team. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, my thing over here uh, regarding England is we've seen Jimmy Anderson perform fantastic in this series. I think. Of course, he's been one of the top three or top four players. I think for me, I think he's been the top player over Joe Root. No offense to anyone, but he's been the top. I think. The question is, I think for me, who after him? Like, because he's just taken so much of your bowling, such a big aspect. We we can maybe say that Jofra Archer is a great prospect, 
But I think Jofra also, when he plays all three formats, the fitness will come under question. So I don't think that they have an option after him as such, for now at least. That's a very good point you pointed out because you know uh, no one actually has even thought that what after who after James Anderson and even Stuart Broad. You you remove both of them from the England side and you see their bowling going down like downhill. Yes, Ollie Robinson did prove a point in this series, but still he's got a long way to go. And uh, uh, and yes, he still gives some runs if I'm not wrong. And Sam Current has been inconsistent. So. Yes, even I feel who after James Anderson and Stuart. No doubt, you could get Sam Curran's older brother Tom back into the squad, but I don't think that would be very effective. Archer, I think, would be fantastic. I am a huge off Archer fan. The way he concussed Steve Smith was brilliant, and I think other than that, you have the likes of Sakib Mahmood that could come in. Um. Of course, Craig Overton is a decent prospect. Chris Wokes will always be evergreen. So, England, England have a few options, but none that come close to Broad and Anderson. But uh, I think we disagree a little here because I don't think Anderson was actually England's best bowler. I think that has to go to Ollie Robinson because in all of the games in the second innings, second innings is where Test match cricket actually counts. James Anderson failed miserably. Like he barely managed to pick any second innings wickets, and it was it was in so many second innings that England actually lost the game. He was the one who I think against Bumrah and Shami as an experienced pro should have put his hand up and taken their wickets, but he failed to actually control the entire bowling unit. And across all four Test matches, I think he got two second innings wickets, which is where Test match actually counts. And if you compare this with someone like Ollie Robinson, who tried his best. And he was the chief architect. He got a fifer in the second in the test match that England won in the second innings. So he's the one who actually plotted India's downfall at Leeds when uh, when they actually won by an innings. So when you say Anderson, I think Ollie Robinson clearly was their best bowler, and I think he's the long term prospect. When he's someone who averages, I think nineteen, and I put a lot of emphasis on numbers because numbers tell you a story. So I think he's the long-term successor to both of them. But who around them? I think Jofra Archer, he has time because I think Broad and Anderson are here to stick for another couple of years. And if you have a good option, Robinson, if you can get Archer fit enough, then them both and maybe a third pacer in Sam Curran, if he can manage or you find someone else in your youth setup. And I think that's a good, good-looking bowling lineup for the future at least. Definitely. Yeah, and plus, you have uh, Mark Wood and Chris Wokes also. I mean. How can we just rule them out? Uh, so I think even even after James Anderson and Stuart Broad, I think England will be a pretty decent bowling lineup. But you know, still that experience factor really matters. You know, a person having six hundred, they both combine have around twelve hundred wickets. So that says a lot, and that clearly plays as a mindset in the opposition batsmen. So I feel yes, even after they have gone, uh, England will miss them, but they will be a okay bowling side. Absolutely. Now that we have wrapped up the India versus England Test series, I would just like to shine a little bit of a light on one guy that kind of disrupted the series. Of course, he was meme material for a lot, but this guy named Jarvo, who came in at every Test match once as a fielder, once as a batsman, and once as a bowler, running into Johnny Best out of all people. So 
I wasn't a huge fan of this. I feel like the England should have tightened up their security after the first instance, but they let things go even on the second, the second and third instance. And after that, um, I think it just it just shines a bad light on ECB in general. I don't think intruders deserve to be in the field. The sanctity of cricket must be held at all times. What did you guys think about this? Um, I think it was a good joke to play at the start. It was a nice, uh, funny moment when he came at the start trying to pretend to be an Indian player. It was funny, I think, for sure it was funny. But um, later on, when it when it became, come, came to the third test match and then him touching the pitch, I think that's where he went wrong. And regarding intruders and England cricket board handling them, I think one or two is okay. It just brings out a bit of the fun aspect and it's just funny at, at certain points in time. Unless it's, of course, meant to disrupt a lot of things. But I think this guy was just trying to just be funny and just trying to create some content. And I am okay with it as long as the pitch is not being interrupted and the there's nothing being damaged as such. For me, I think I, I won't lie. I laughed hard all three times. So I'm guilty of that. Like I found it funny. And it's people like me who gave him so much media attention that fueled him. But when I think over it after the incident has taken place, I think in the current COVID atmosphere, when you're making bio bubbles, you're taking so many precautions, but you're letting supporters run in on the pitches and actually cra- clash into players the third time. So I think as a from the ECB's point of view, I think it was a big failure. Especially given the current climate and England reporting such huge cases. Like, what if someone with COVID actually comes into the with the intention of spreading the disease amongst players? You don't know what kind of psychopaths run in the you know in the, in the cricket fields. So England should do something about this. And this is the kind of behavior which is why in India we have such huge fences at any stadium you go to. So I don't want that to happen because it de- definitely ruins the your view of the game when you're sitting higher up in the stands. So that is not something that England should do, but maybe some better security factors should be added. Because, you know, how do you miss a guy who looks like Jarvo? Like, you know how he looks. He's been on the pitch once or twice. So how do you not catch him entering the ground? I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, uh, you put out a very good point over here. And even I agree with you because, you know, see, actually, we all know that England... We consider England as a sophisticated country and sophisticated is in, in, in inverted commas. Okay, so I, I, that's why, you know, the security over there is quite less and the they are not, they're not, they're, there are no fences over there because we all, the people over there, they just go and enjoy cricket, okay? I mean, they are, they're a passionate uh, cricket side, okay, who loves their test cricket. So, you know, they just go there, have a beer or two and come back and they don't, they don't really want to intrude the players' privacy or when they are playing. But uh, as you said, there are really some fanatics over out there who who don't know what they're doing. And especially his T-shirt number says everything. I mean, 69, that says everything. I don't want to go into that, but it is what it is, right? And yes, you know, after the first instance, uh, the security should have been tightened up. And even if he's, if he's allowed in the stadium, there should be a keen watch on him or at least... Uh, have a personal sitting beside him so that he doesn't uh, intrude the playing again. Absolutely. And I think this is finally him getting arrested is like one statement made by them that, you know, this will not be tolerated anymore. And I think that was a good decision made by the authorities in charge. 
moving on to something a little more interesting that i that had that has happened this week india's 15 man squad plus the reserves have been announced for the t20 world cup surprisingly before the ipl has even begun where most of your t20 cricket will be played this year so i am very interested with this 15 man squad but something that's even more interesting that i want to talk about first is that mahendra singh dhoni has been brought in as your mentor so the leadership team would consist of captain virat kohli vice captain rohit sharma coach ravi shastri and mentor msd so what do you guys think about this inclusion in india's setup i think okay i am sorry but i'll take this from here okay ms dhoni and his inculcation in as a mentor in the indian cricket team is a very big you know step or whatever you want to call it but it's really nice to see him there as a role because no one ever thought okay i'm a big ms dhoni fan no one even thought of it that he'll be a mentor okay the fact that you read the ms dhoni as mentor says a lot okay and I, and you know uh, we got that trio back you know rohit sharma virat kohli and ms dhoni i think those those memes which used to circulate at that time will uh, you know come back again and say like are ye to galat hai ye log teen captain khila rahe hai and all that okay so that that's really nice to see that ms dhoni is back and plus it's been 14 years okay since that man led india to win the inaugural world t20 so i guess first as a captain and now as a mentor you know you never know what happens right he might say come on boys let's win it but as this time i'll be there from behind the scenes and guiding you all so and you know i really really hope fingers crossed what we could have done in the world cup 2019 we achieve it in world cup 2021 um i wouldn't be surprised this time around if ms just decides to walk in and and just go and to carry drinks and be like virat you rest i'll set the field this time around oh, i'd love to see that and also you know you you never know like he will like rishabh pan you just said i am going and finishing the match man you don't know how to play i'll just go there and whack two sixes and come out so one thing is for sure that ravi shastri is definitely resting this t20 world cup <laughs> yeah absolutely he's going like i'm going to have two drinks sleep at 2 am that's it this is my role as a coach for the final step but msd is going to be captaining chennai super kings and he is not like even in the 2021 first leg of the ipl he's not performed that well with the bat but chennai's managed to win so many games and has reached the top 4 because players are playing under his tutelage and he's setting the best fields he's the batting order is perfect getting mohan ali to play at number 3 was a master stroke having so many bowlers that can bat and batsmen that can bowl are just a fantastic choice in t20 cricket especially because you have so many options and just the way he's able to rotate batsmen i think msd as a leader is one of the best things i've seen in modern day cricket and that folding into the t20 world cup especially with the squad that we have i think india have a very strong chance of winning the cup this time i know it's an icc trophy and i know virat kohli is the captain so my expectations dip just by hearing that but now that msd is here i think the chances again come back a little bit up absolutely absolutely i mean fingers crossed let's hope you know we win this title and rohit sharma also said you know three world cups are coming there he at least wants to win two out of them so hitman show virat kohli show and as usual the msd show so yeah 
so let's talk about the 15 men that have been selected and the ones that have been omitted so i have the list in front of me so virat kohli captain rohit sharma vice captain kl rahul surya kumar yadav has been included rishabh pant as your keeper hardik pandya ravi jadeja jaspreet bumrah bhuvi kumar mohammad shami akshar patel ravi chandran ashwin making a return to white ball cricket i'm so happy ishan kishan as another wicket keeper rahul chahar and varun chakravarty what do you guys think about these 15 men of course reserves being shardul thakur deepak chahar and shreya sayar but what do you okay. guys think about this squad okay i'll i'll just take it from here uh, sorry i sorry said i'll just make one statement and that is i am very very surprised that yuzvendra chahal and kuldeep yadav yadav have been left out i mean what even we saw that with ambati raidu now we are seeing with uh, kulcha i mean these guys have been consistent performers since the past 2 to 3 years in limited overs so and and you do this to them and that this is really hurtful so i feel the squad is pretty good but uh, them not be included even as reserves okay that really hurts and it really undermines uh, the value of them in indian cricket so yeah this is my take and now it's over to sid and ayush um i think the 15 man squad is pretty decent i think it's good enough to win the world cup for us but one place that i think that we're lacking is of course yuzvendra chahal i think we're going to deeply miss him for sure and my question is why akshar patel i don't get that selection at all because you you have a lot of spinners you've got jadeja you've got ashwin you've got your rahul chahar varun chakravarty why do you need an extra akshar patel in the side and why not to use in the chahal because in t20s akshar patel does not provide you with batting so i don't get that choice at all ayush do you have any justification for the axe man being in the squad uh, i think it's fairly simple he's been part of the one of the best t20 franchises in the world over the last years that is the delhi capitals and he's helped revolutionize them from there abouts to actual title contenders like they went to the finals they they were in the qualifier to in 2019 and 20 and they are currently leading the ipl table and oh, akshar boy. has been key there uh but then you know why i think the uh, reason behind yuzvendra chahal is not playing right now is i think his form has been very very poor in the recent times especially and he's already been dropped for rahul chahar i think what they've done smartly is they have picked five spinners each one of whom who offers something different you have your traditional offy in ashwin and if the conditions are going to be as we think of them because they will all be used pitches from the ipl so all of these on these used pitches which are traditionally already slow you have much slower pitches and a traditional off spinner in the form of ashwin is very key especially considering your regular t20 off spinner that is uh, washington sundar he won't be fit for the world cup so you needed that traditional off spinner there and apart from that i think jadej uh, i think jadeja and akshar patel are there because they add value in terms of they are not uh, like huge spinners of the ball but they bowl good line to line and on pitches which are actually spinning a lot you have someone who has a who has a really strong arm ball as both of these left, uh, left arm spinners do that creates a lot of doubt in their mind most of the wickets akshar patel got in the india england series was off straighter balls so these are going to be more pitches that are more aligned towards test cricket and i think the selection actually reflects that now the bigger question for me is if, if india are reading conditions that will be in place two months down the line properly or not because a lot of teams have come up with very very weird selections you've seen bangladesh another team which has packed spinners four spinners but then you have someone uh, like sri lanka who are a spin strong side 
go without someone like akila dhananjay i think the question is are we reading the conditions right and keep in mind that these squads can change till uh, i think 10th october so if like someone like yuzvendra chahal has a tr- tremendous ipl in those conditions he will easily come back in for someone else who actually misperforms so it's not the end of the road for these guys for this world cup as well anything can happen but i think it's more about whether we're reading the situation the pitches right considering that these matches will take two months up will be too much down the line so that is the big question a lot of teams have just avoided taking a lot of spinners in general although the tracks are slowing down post ipl i think one of the squads that really stand out to me is england which has only one frontline spinner in adil rashid and the other one being liam livingstone who's only a part time spinner and more of a batting all rounder so are are different countries reading the pitches differently or are england as a t20 nation just coming in with a different more pace friendly approach see they're actually uh, you know they have been a uh, pace bowling attack since post 2015 world cup okay even uh, depending upon the conditions we even saw them in the test series uh, against india in india they were and they were playing stuart brown broad and james anderson continuously until and then they later they realized that they had to play jack leach okay in such conditions so they have been a pace bowling side since a long time so that's why and they think that it has worked for them so that's why they have gone with it so this is this is what i feel um in the uae especially the the latest that you've seen of the uae wickets at least has been last year's ipl and in that uh, the pacers had a good time so i think it's based on that and in general so my opinion when it comes to spin in uae as well or it's anywhere for the matter i think the maximum in 11 that you're going to play spinners is two or maximum three so i don't get the selection of five spinners in the squad for sure yeah i, I think, mean they, sorry anand yeah i i feel you know they could have gone with an extra pacer okay they 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 could have included natarajan okay yes he's still young but he's done a pretty good job okay uh, in the ipl and also in the australian series so and plus you know he's got just like bumrah he's got very good yorkers and he's contained the batsmen in the death overs uh, as we saw in the dream 11 ipl 2020 so i i really feel he should have been included in one of the one of these spinners i think the my viewpoint is that uh... these will be used ua pitches and what we saw was guys like rahul chahar so the kind of pitches we saw in early part of the uh, ipl 2021 where Rah- the guys like rahul chahar actually shown a lot i think the pitches will be very similar and uh, and yuzvendra chahal performed very poorly on those kind of pitches and time and time again what yuzvendra chahal's stock ball has been actually the flighted delivery using which he actually attempts the batsman into going for shots that they don't actually need to play and most of his wickets are that way he doesn't he's not actually a traditional spinner who uses spin bowling as a means of luring the batsman it's more to do with them trying to slog him when they shouldn't because he's a wily customer so if those are if these are going to be genuinely very slow traditional test match pitches because these are used pitches like for a month you're going to have ipl there and till now these pitches are being used for a uh, like uh but i think you have the associate series is where uh, you have the kind of usa papua new guinea series and those kind of cricket is also going on currently so these pitches they won't have a lot of time for them to be treated 
and you know relayed so the pitches will get very very slow as you come towards the end of the world cup so i think the main goal for uh, india here is to the, the way they are reading the conditions is that the pitches will keep on getting slower and slower as the tournament progresses so their more focus emphasis i think is on latter tournament because i think we back ourselves to be top the top four nations there and what happens there is if you have these spinners against batsmen who genuinely struggle to play spin that is your uh, england your uh, new zealands who don't do genuinely perform that well against spin in the shorter format then you have a big advantage here and i think they are expecting hardik pandya to fulfill the third pacer's role so you'll have six bowlers three pacers three spinners no one knows how hardik pandya will perform with the ball so i think the ipl is very crucial to judge that see i feel hardik pandya as a bowler okay his role as a bowler will be dependent on this ipl because if he's bowling in this ipl that means he'll he'll be the third seamer as you said but if he isn't bowling then that's some that then i think it's a problem for india no i think it's been announced that he will bowl his quota of overs in both ipl and world t20 so let's see it how he bowls i i really hope that's the case because we require at least for the world cup we require bowlers who can take pace off the ball bhuvaneshwar kumar being included in the squad who doesn't traditionally bowl as fast as the others he's a medium pace still uh, he's a medium pace bowler bowlers like him guys like duane bravo and kyren pollard bowling from the west indies are going to be dangerous i think if mohammad shami is able to take a little bit pace off his balls he can be crucial when it comes to taking wickets so the slow balls are going to be very 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 important this time around which is why the ipl will be a very sort of testing period for bowlers like these to take the most wickets they can absolutely i mean um i feel the playing 11 of each country uh, will depend upon the conditions and maybe specifically of india i think they will stick to the squad i don't see any changes happening unless and until there is an injury of course but i don't see any changes been happening to this uh, 15 men squad and uh, the three people as reserves you do tend to feel bad for someone like shreya sayar who's only in the reserves because of an injury because he's been fantastic as a white ball player before that he's been stacking up 50s over 50s over 50s in t20 cricket whether it's for the delhi capitals or for team india so i do feel for shreya sayar but one man's miss is another man's opportunity and that yeah. man is surya kumar yadav so this is very exciting time for someone who's a huge sky fan Yes, yes. I am really, really hoping that you know Sky performs and he deserves this opportunity, man. I, I really feel that. And you said that you feel bad for Shreyas, but you know he got uh, an injury, if I'm not wrong, before the 2021 IPL on his right shoulder. So that's why, may due to fitness reasons, also he might be kept in reserves. But other than that, he's a very good player, and I feel he'll be. I feel he'll be back in the playing eleven. So, uh, talking about playing eleven, uh, what according to you three will be the playing eleven of India? Like, I want each everyone to have a different playing eleven, or at least have some difference. So, we'll start with Sid. What do you think can be the playing eleven of India? Um, I think uh, opening, of course, there's no question about it. Rohit and KL they'll open the innings. Virat at three, Sky at four, um, Rishabh at five, and uh, Hardik at six. Jadeja at seven for me. And then eight, nine, ten, eleven can differ. Your Bumrah, Bhuvi, 
uh, Rahul Chahar. And I think the last addition that I would like, I think, and Ashwin, I guess. Okay, interesting. Uh, what's your take, Ayush? Yeah, I think mine is the. I think the openers are set in stone because we are literally taking two openers. So KL and uh, Rohit opening. One down, I think should be Surya Kumar Yadav because he's played there in the past and Kohli has given up his space for him. Two down will be Virat, of course. Uh, three down, I'd play Rishabh Pant there. At four, I'd have uh, Hardik Mandya. Five, Ravindra Jadeja. Six would be my uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin. At seven, you'd have Bhuvneshwar Kumar. At uh, eight, you'll have Varun Chakravarti. And then your last will be Jasprit Bumrah. So you have three paces, three spinners. But of course, you can variate Varun Chakravarti with any of the other spinners depending on the conditions and the opponent. Left-handed, right-handed combinations. So you both mentioned that KL and Rohit opening, but Virat clearly specified that he wants to open. So where where would you all put KL Rahul? I mean, Virat and Rohit opening and number three KL Rahul or number three Surya Kumar Yadav? I think if Virat is opening, then there's no KL thing. I think the Nishan Kishan comes in. Okay. What do you think, uh, Ayush? No, I think uh, I think while he said that he would open, but I think as in when the IPL has progressed, the need for a proper opener will be highlighted. I think Virat will bat at three or four only. I think they'll go back to KL as the opener because you have only seven batsmen. I think that India's taking so, and KL has to be one of them. He's the orange cap holder in IPL also right now. So there's that as well. Okay, Vashish, what's your take? What do you so, think will be the playing eleven? I I agree with Ayush on this. I feel like. Uh, the IPL will be a major factor in deciding whether Kohli opens or not. The problem with the Royal Challengers Bangalore, and I know I'm getting too way ahead of myself because we are going to be talking about the IPL as well, but the problem with the RCB is their lack of openers. Aaron Finch tried out last year, but he wasn't of any use. And Virat Kohli did express his interest to open. He did so in 2016, and that was one of his best IPL campaigns. So I see Virat Kohli opening with Padikal at the RCB, and I see Virat Kohli opening with Rohit Sharma in the IPL uh, in in the ICC World T20. Um, Surya Kumar Yadav playing in his natural position of number three. Uh, I see KL Rahul definitely keeping his spot, but at number four, I see Ishan Kishan instead of Rishabh Pant playing at five. Uh, Rishabh Pant will get the occasional game here and there, but based on Ishan Kishan's form and how he's able to go at it from ball number one, I think he could be a lit slightly ahead of Rishabh Pant at number five. Hardik Pandey at number six. Uh, of course ravindra jadeja at number 7 if jadeja is injured touchwood he's not akshar patel is just a backup for him so jadeja at 7 or uh, if shardul thakur wasn't a reserve i would play him at number 8 but since he's a reserve i think bhuvi kumar comes in at number 8 rahul chahar and varun chakravarti take up number 9 and 10 and then bumrah at 11 Okay, that's a pretty good squad, I must say. I mean, you you have covered all the bases, the your all rounders, your opening batsmen. But according to me, my playing eleven: Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli. Number three, I would go with Surya Kumar Yadav. Number five, I will. Uh, sorry, number four, I will go with Ishan Kishan. And number five, I'll go with Rishabh Pant. I don't think I'll play KL Rahul. Okay, I know I'm playing two wicket keepers, but I feel Rishabh Pant and Ishan Kishan. 
both deserve a chance in the playing 11 so i'll go with ishan kishan rishabh pand and number 5 number 6 will be hardik pandya number 7 ravindra jadeja if he is not injured and then number 8 bhuvi kumar and then uh, i'll depending upon the conditions maybe ashwin or chakravarti and then the bumrah and the shamis i noticed you didn't mention rahul chahar and being being a t20 fan i know the importance of leg spinners of course varun chakravarti being one leg spinner but if you can play two leggies especially in slowish tracks like this i think it's nothing like it yeah i mean you have got varun chakravarti i mean because he's a mystery spinner you don't know if he's going to bow and off off spinner or leggy or a googly whatever but that's why i picked up uh, varun chakravarti because he fills that role for me okay even as a leggy i think an ashwin also can leg spin for you i think the guy is also turned into a mystery spinner see ashwin ashwin and varun chakravarti both have different calibers i really feel that because ashwin is more of a off spinner and yes he occasionally bowls those one or two leggies for you but he's not that kind of a mystery bowler i agree i agree so that is india squad and their chances to win the t20 world cup are i think majorly depends on how virat kohli is able to manage his players will there be rotation in the squad do you think who do you think will be the one x factor player that is going to take india consistently from the start to the end if you guys can kish give me one player that's going to change the game for india for me it's surya kumar yadav i'm saying this in advance i want Damn to hear it. you guys you, you you took my player he was going to be my answer but okay whatever sidant what what's your take um i think it's going to be rohit for sure there's no question about it for me ayush me it's a little bit of a left pick i would have gone with surya obviously because he's the hype right now but i think one guy who's been a t20 specialist for india but been off the radar recently is hardik pandya and i think his finishing in tough slow conditions will be key because we know what he can do to spinners so if it's going to be a spinner heavy world cup then you better watch out because that the his straight drives are going to be very crucial especially at the depth when you can add quick runs and on top of that if he's bowling again then his cutters will be very key because i mean his bowling isn't that special but when he bowls that cutter it's one of the best cutters in world cricket so there's that to watch out for him as well absolutely absolutely so well this is uh the world cup squad and are probably playing 11s so now let's move on to the most extravagant tournament you know in in, in the cricket fraternity after bbl obviously uh the indian premier league the ipl so we have got vashisht as a dc supporter siddhant as a mi supporter and ayush yes he also likes mi but for today he is going to support rcb and well obviously i'm going to be a chennai super kings fan so we'll be evaluating the whole of ipl uh, and yes we'll be talking about the top four teams specifically and yeah so i'll start with siddhant uh, because he's an mi supporter and plus mi has won five titles and they are pretty good you know they're looking pretty good to win their six titles and win three back to back titles and be the first team to win a hat trick of titles so siddhant uh, am i being in number 4 position currently of the points table what do you think are the chances who do you think can be the x factors who do you think uh, you know are the actually what do you think are the weaknesses and strengths of this uh, team and uh, do you see am i going on to 
win a hat trick of titles in UAE again. I think uh, I think MI as a team is always the favorite team because you just look at the squad. I don't think I need to say speak much further on to the squad and the strength of it. You got Rohit opening along with Quinton and then Sky Ishan. I think the major factor what MI have is the experience of Pollard. He can uh, we might say that his bowling has depreciated or he is not as quick or as good anymore. But but also uh, when it comes to Pollard, I think. He, his brain is very fast. He doesn't require his skills to. Uh, I think he's he's the, one of those bowlers that can checkmate the batsman, if that is the better terminology. So Pollard is there. Then you've got, um, yeah. One thing I'm going to say, which is a bit controversial, but I'm just going to call the Pandya brothers the footage brothers. I, they def, I I like Hardik. I have no problem with Hardik, but with Krunal, I think anywhere you anywhere you see a camera. In the IPL, you you will see Krunal over there. I don't like the guy, honestly. I don't I don't know why. He's just personally, uh, I don't get it. He's he's a decent batsman. He's a decent bowler, but he acts like as if he's the best player around. So I don't know why that is. And of course, you got your Bumra and Trent Bolt and Rahul Chahar, obviously. So I think where we're lacking this year is the third pacer department, like uh, a Nathan Coulter Nile is a decent performer, I think, at best. Or a Marco Janssen is not that good. I think we need to just work on that third pacer department because last year when James Pattinson had come in, he was pretty decent and Coulton and last year was also performing well. But this year, I think that's where we're lacking a lot. So I think that is where we're with Mumbai and the chances always are high. Uh, we're at number four now because we were playing in India and we were playing at tracks which are like Ahmedabad and like Chennai, which are definitely your slow tracks. But we're going to the UAE now. And last year we saw what MI did in UAE. So I don't need to speak much further on that. Okay, okay. That's a very interesting take. And uh, yes, uh, I agree with that Krunal Pandya part of yours because we'll talk about that separately, you know, uh, not on the records. Because I think Bashish will also add something to it later on. And so let's go with Ayush now. Ayush, uh, yes, you are a big MI supporter, but uh, for now you like you speak for RCB. So, what do you think a person who likes RCB or is a fan? Do you think Virat Kohli will uh, finally win his first IPL trophy, which is being you know elusive, or you know he's not been able to win, or you know the trophy which has been questioning his captain captaincy skills? So, do you see? Uh, him winning this IPL trophy with the team which he has got because, you know, he's currently in the number three position, if I'm not wrong. And he did pretty well in the first phase of IPL 2021. You know, with Maxwell coming in, they the battle lineup uh, got better. And, you know, Siraj also being a very improved bowler. So, do you think they will win or still they will choke as usual? Oh my God! One thing, just side note. I'm surprised. Uh, I don't know if you all saw, but from a MIA fans' perspective, I think Sachin Tendulkar is back as the mentor for UAE. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I think that helps them there. But now talking about RCB, I think this one's not about Virat. I think it's more to do with the team management side of things. I'm not sure how how Virat, how much Virat has been involved, but uh, one thing is there that uh, I don't think Simon Cattage is coming back. So both roles, the director of operations and coaching is being handled by Simon, uh, sorry, Mike, Mike Henson now. 
so there's that you've lost a very key figure from your backroom staff so that definitely has its take, take toll i think one thing we observe that rcb the play, their players who played well your maxwell de villiers and devdat padikal they were really really good and your bowling had harshal patel and shiraj and your yuzvendra chahal was bit off but these two paces played really well and i think they rallied around these four five players now will their form continue is the big question and if it doesn't then you have a big problem because at the number 3 spot rcb tried out five different players in seven games you had rajat patidar playing then next game you had shabaz ahmed playing then you you also tried out your washington sundar at 3 then you went back to patidar who made two good 30s but nothing substantial now and then you went back to mr washington sundar who is actually not available for the second half of the tournament due to an injury so that number 3 factor where virat played last year is still a big question mark because you don't know who will play there so if your key players who were in form who got you to the number 3 spot if they are not in form any more you don't actually have a sorted out alternative at number 3 position which is the most important position in any batting lineup Uh, apart from that they had a chance to remedy this due to an injury to washington sundar you had key players such as daniel sams uh, and the entire australian contingent actually pulling out yet they did not remedy this with their selections sure they got tim duncan the singaporean sensation who is all the hype right now on franchise cricket because there are rumors that australia are convincing him to switch from singapore to australia so yeah he's a big player now but he's not a number 3 batsman and he's an overseas player and you if you need an indian number 3 then they didn't actively go out and replace him with anyone substantial at number 3 so there's that then there's the number 6 factor so you have your abws and your glen maxwell at 4 and 5 i don't know what I don't know what to add about them because everyone knows the superstars they are of cricket at number 6 you tried Kyle Jameson, you tried Sundar again, you tried Sabaz Ahmed again. So there are these three, three, six, and seven key positions in your batting lineup where you actually don't know who's going to play. I know they have got uh, Vanindu Hasaranga who plays at seven for Sing- uh, Sri Lanka. So if he's sorted out at number seven and he can contribute, then that's good. But your number six pick Washington Sundar is out, and you don't have a proper replacement. So you once again like. how do you sort this out is a big question do you give someone like mohammad azuruddin a chance now or do you actually break your structure and you go with tim david at number 6 and then don't play vanindu hasaranga because your three overseas are fixed in jameson maxwell and uh, ab de villiers so that 3 and 6 position which are really key positions in t20 they, you can't have two floaters in a t20 lineup and rcb currently are playing with three floaters not even two Three, so these three, six, and seven. How they fill these spots will determine how well RCB perform. If they can get good players in who can perform consistently, then that's great because the form factor which got them to number three position is gone now. It's a fresh start, and you don't know if the same Glenn Maxwell return because last time in UAE he failed miserably. So will the UAE Maxwell come back or will the India Maxwell come back? Is a huge question mark. I use you... just to uh, sorry Anand okay no I no no you go on go on Mushish Anand just to uh, sorry I use just to uh, give you a little context so Glenn Maxwell performed extremely well in the UAE back in 2014 and then 2020 he again dipped in the UAE then in India he came back to form so I don't think location plays that much of a role with Maxwell it's just what kind of Maxwell with what kind of mindset is coming out and Ayush I agree with you. 
RCB has a lot of holes that they need to fill, especially number three, six, and seven. Uh, in a way, I'm happy with uh, Tim and Vanindu um, uh, Hasaranga coming into the squad. I think Tim would be great at number three. I think if you have three, four, and five all being consistent whackers of the ball, and then Shahbaz Ahmed coming in at six, and then a Hasaranga at seven, RCB look in a good space relatively. And of course, then your particles and Kohli's can anchor the innings when they can. My only problem is, is this going to demoralize Yuzvendar Chahal even more now that you have Hasaranga in the team and you have your bowlers like Harshal Patel and Mohamed Siraj taking a chunk of the wickets? I don't think that, uh, Vashish, because, you know, uh, Yuzvendra Chahal will be the leading spinner in that uh, bowling lineup, okay? he uh, And yes, uh, Hasaranga, even though he's a number one T20 bowler, uh, you know, as since he rose up after those after that Sri Lanka innings, uh, Sri Lanka tour. But uh, I still feel Yuzvinder Chahal will just focus on his game and he will try to take uh, more wickets for his team. And uh, Hasaranga and Chahal, I don't see they would be competing each other against each other. Uh, they will, you know, work in hand and they'll give their best. So I don't feel the Yuzvinder Chahal will feel, uh, you know, attacked or you know, insecure about him being in the side. So, and plus, uh, there is no Indian spinner, you know, apart from Washington, like Washington Sundar was there, but now he isn't. So, he's the only Indian spinner who might play. So, there is no competition for him in this, uh, in his side, you know. So, I don't feel Chahal would be affected by that. Of course. I, th- I think Yuzi this time around has a point to prove, especially after him being not selected for the World Cup. I think he will definitely have a big factor to play. And my question regarding RCB is basically Harshal Patel in UAE, I'm not so sure. Like this time on in India, I, honestly, uh, I think he got lucky. Honestly. I agree, because, Sid. Sorry, I agree. Yeah, uh, Because what we saw last of Harshal Patel was Ravindra Jadeja just whacking him around like anything. So I don't know what's up on that part. See, I would I add one point to that. Uh, Ravindra Jadeja whacking him. He's sir, okay. So let's not compare sir with Harshal Patel, okay. But you know the condition was in Mumbai, okay, and the, uh, we all know Mumbai is good for batting. And uh, before that, they were playing in Chennai, which were relatively very, very slow tracks. And uh, if you compare Chennai and UAE, I think they've got similar conditions. So I feel Harshal Patel will enjoy bowling over there more, okay. Uh, but it all depends, as I said, it's a fresh start. You you don't know what will happen. Is it? Will it be the same Harshal Patel? Will it be the same Glenn Maxwell? We, we really don't know. So, uh, but the condition does suit Harshal Patel and uh, you know uh, Yuzvendra Chahal and Hasaranga. Uh, one thing is that just I think the Yuzvendra one. I think this will be a big motivator for him because I think spinners operate best in pair, at least in limited like game. You often see that two spinners together they can change a game. You had Kulcha doing that for India. For uh, MI also, you saw that whenever Rahul Jahar mm-hmm. and Kunal Pandya are voting, they get through the rows very quickly and the opponent doesn't know what happened in that mini 3-4 to four over phase. Same thing in Chennai where they like pack many spinners together and all of them complement each other. So I think like this will be a big chance for him because you have someone who's complementing you. So two really good spinners. RCB don't have a second spinner at all. You had Adam Zampa, but he never got a game. 
and you played shahbaz ahmed now i know he he had a huge role in that amazing uh, comeback game versus srh where he started the collapse but apart from that he did nothing of note in the entire first of ipl and you can't compare someone who with who someone who's ranked second i think in the t20 bowling so i think this is a good chance to form a good spin pair that can complement each other well and i think this will be a bigger plus for yuzvendra chahal absolutely absolutely plus you know he's got nothing to lose trust me he's got nothing to lose because uh, yes he's already not selected even if he plays well you don't know if he'll be selected or not so he's he's got really nothing to lose and uh, he can just give his best and take as many as wickets for rcb so moving on vashisht you are, you have been a dc admirer for a very long time give us some insights do you think uh, this since the time they have changed their name from delhi daredevils to delhi capitals do you think their fortune has also changed you know uh, 2019 we saw them you know they qualifying for the playoffs and then last year itself uh, even though they lost the ipl but they became the uh, finalists so do you think delhi capitals uh, under rishab pant you know we don't know if rishab pant is going to captain the side or shreyas iyer but do you think they will win the first maiden ipl title ever i hope so but more than more than like your um, your rishabh pant's captaincy or more than shreya sayar i feel like delhi have a bunch of players with a strong point to prove shikhar dhawan and prithvi shaw have been left out of the t20 world cup squad and these two guys are frustrated shikhar dhawan is going through his own personal problems i don't want to get into that and then there's prithvi shaw who was playing some excellent innings down in sri lanka but getting out at 40s and 50s so these two really really have a point to prove and this game will be an example sorry this tournament will be an example of these two openers going at it from ball number 1 at number 3 you have someone like either an ajinkya rahane or a steve smith coming in i hope i hope it's ajinkya rahane because he can show some flourishes in white ball as well that he's not been able to show for a while you have guys like shimron hetmeyer who are ready to whack the ball and and right now you have chris gale at number 3 in the west indies squad and hetmeyer is seen as a backup so hetmeyer has a point to prove marcus stoinis has a point to prove to show why he is the best white ball all-rounder in australia after glen maxwell of course Akshar Patel and Ravichandran Ashwin have been included in the T20 squad and they want to tell the world why we are here. The two that I am most impressed by since last year's IPL was Kagiso Rabada and Andrik Nokia. Ayush you mentioned how spinners like to bowl in pairs. I think the same can be said for pacers and when these two are bowling together Delhi Capitals are able to take a lot of wickets. And finally I think the best bowler from the first leg of the 2021 IPL Avesh Khan of course Harshal Patel has taken more wickets but Avesh Khan has been very much more economical with an economy of only 7.5 so there has been a lot of there's been a lot of changes in the past couple of years of course the name change being from Delhi Daredevils to Delhi Capitals but this is a new side and if Shreyas Iyer is able to come back I know I mentioned Rahane coming in at three, but the more likelier option would be Ayer coming in at three if he's fit. So 
there is a there are a lot of players out there and a lot of points to prove and i think delhi capitals this year cannot be denied a win well i think we, uh, yeah yeah go uh, ahead go ahead yeah i think for me delhi capitals is the winner of ipl 2021 i think you mentioned all these great players but uh, two key factors uh, that they missed out is that uh, ishan sharma is coming back he's already there in uae his experience will be very crucial uh, and another amit mishra is also fully fit so if the pitches are genuinely spin friendly you have one of the most underrated leg spinners of this uh, you know this current indian setup backing you up and helping you along but one player that i would like to point out that i think a lot of people have missed upon in the previous ipl who was playing really well maybe he he loved out because uh, akshar patel was down with covid and then ashwin left and mishra was injured so lalit yadav i think so he's someone who's been phenomenal in the indian t20 domestic circuit where he his average is around 40 with the bat and 25 with the bowl he bowls very economically and i think he was amazing because he 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 has an economy of less than 6 across the five ipl games that he played so i don't know how much of a chance he will get this time but if you get the guy in at number 6 or 7 because he can bat up there he shown in the previous ipl as well when he contributed a lot with good quick fire friend 20s to win them games on slower pitches so if you if there are games when this guy comes in at 6 then you have the balance of bringing in steve smith also in your top 4 because you have a, uh, and you know he provides great balance so he was one x factor that they managed to unveil via i mean good fortune so and so that means they have tremendous depth with so many players coming back and so many new gems so i think it's clear who has the plus point going into the ipl this time around definitely absolutely absolutely do you want to add something over here sidan yeah i think uh, i mean delhi is my second favorite team after mumbai of course i'm not there's no question about that but um i think delhi when it comes to them as you said they have a great pension but i think that is also their problem because if you have 20 players who play fantastic which 11 do you pick and how do you balance it out and how do you maintain the entire uh, balance of 11 and also the consistency of them because if you like now you have a shreyas ayer coming back you have a you have ishan sharma you have amit mishra but where do you play them because what we saw uh, in the first leg was they had a pretty solid 11 playing but now with these people coming who is going to drop out and who is going to play which is always a question now okay but i really feel see uh, as ayush pointed pointed out that amit mishra is back and you know he p- did pretty well in uae last year too if i am not wrong for dc and uh, and even the first phase of ipl 2021 so i feel amit mishra okay will play ishan sharma uh, norkia and rabada so these are your, and even avesh khan so these are your five players over here then your opening you've got shikhar dhawan prithvi shaw then that's your total seven players then you have got shreyas ayer rishabh pant uh, you know then uh, total nine players and then uh, you have got your all rounders you if you want okay uh, you can play a shimran hetmyer uh, or if you don't want a shimran hetmyer you can go with marcus toynis uh, for an extra bowling but i feel they're pretty settled out just like mi yes uh, yes mi is a much stronger team and a better team but they just like mi they've covered all their bases and i really don't feel there'll be much of the change in the dc lineup except for shreyas ayer coming back and being captain agreed agreed i think 
there is a lot that we can expect from Delhi this year, regardless of how the teams are placed. But speaking of squads, and I think one of the most sorted out squads in this tournament, and that's the Chennai Super Kings, Anand, your favorite franchise. Why don't you tell us why Chennai is going to again make it to the finals of this year? And are they going to win their fourth IPL title or not? See, last time in UAE, this time around, they did not have Chinna Thalai. They didn't have Suresh Raina, but this time they have got. Okay, that uh, hole which they had last year is filled. IPL 2021, uh, we, we saw you know how they were playing, how they adapted to the Mumbai conditions after the first loss against Delhi. You know, every player, you you name it, they stood up. Like Ambati Raidu against the Mumbai, yes, though it was in a losing cause, uh, but he played well. Then Suresh Raina, uh, you know, scored a 50, if I'm not wrong. And then uh, Moen Ali, then each and every player, you know, they stood up when it was needed. So I feel it's a pretty decent lineup. And MS Dhoni, we all know how he is as a captain. He likes those bowlers, bowlers who can bat, batsmen who can bowl, as you said. You know, he likes to play around with his feet. He likes to, you know, mismatch uh, with the uh, with his playing 11. So, I feel he's pretty sorted. And, you know, if you have that man at the helm, even though he's not, a, not in form, but just his presence is enough. Okay. We all know that. And that's why, uh, you know, when he was announced as the mentor of the Indian squad, we all were very happy, especially me, you know, as a MS Dhoni fan. But, you know, just his presence, you, you remove that guy, okay? You'll see uh, there is no proper direction. Yes, they have got Fab Duplessis as a captain, uh, you know, uh, Suresh Raina also. I mean, but no offense to them. But, uh, you know, even they admit that MS Dhoni is a brilliant mind. There is no better mind reader or, you know, mind game or whatever you want, name you want to give him, okay, uh, in the Chennai Super King side. So, I feel they're pretty sorted out, even if the captain is not in form. Yes, he'll be back in form, I guess. I hope so, fingers crossed, but let's see. They're just like, you know, Mumbai, uh, they have everything covered, even DC, MIA, NCSK, they have got, they are covered pretty well, and I hope so, we'll have a good, you know, uh, fight for the IPL trophy and I'm pretty sure MS Dhoni is going to win this because he wants to show, yes, we know how to make a comeback and we'll bloody do it. Definitely. And I'm very much looking forward to that, especially considering Chennai have made a very, very interesting, effective change. And that's bring up Moen Ali to three. Of course, Moen Ali being a new addition to the Chennai Super Kings franchise and pushing everyone down the order. So now Raina bats at four, Ambati Raidu bats at five and so on and so forth. So this change has really been a masterstroke for Chennai and the brains behind it, of course, being Mahindra Singh Dhoni. And we might see some similar quirks and changes throughout the tournament and Chennai is going to make it to the final, no doubt. Well, uh, we spoke about the top four teams. I just want to, uh, you know, just to make it a little more interesting, who do you think can disrupt the current four? SRH, but they're at the bottom of the table. Or do you see Punjab or KKR? I'm not talking about RR. Let's not talk about the team at all. Okay. <laughs> Let's just talk about Punjab, KKR or SRH. Who do you think can disrupt the current top four out of these three teams? Um, I usually go with you first. I think the answer is definitely Kings 11 Punjab has a very good chance. 
because uh, we saw that uh, one of their most key players nicholas kuran was horrible form in that first ipl and i mean sadly he had to be dropped but in the current cpl he's refound his main gear and if he can come back and if kl rahul we've seen he's been in great form in the test series so him at the top once again who's already in form and if kuran can translate his cpl form then they have a top four that has agarwal kl rahul uh, nicholas puran chris gale and these are four really good players i think they have bought in uh, tabrez samsi the south african mystery spinner who's been in who's been really on song recently uh, he's going to he's rr been, by the way oh my bad then uh, sorry no i think they bought an adam aden markram from south africa who's also been in great form so they have they have adequately replaced david malan with someone who's been in really good form so if if puran translates his form and obviously they discovered harpreet brar late into the tournament just before it got cancelled so they have got really good players who are all in form right now and all of them have regained their fitness we had rahul who was potentially missing out due to his uh, appendix operation i think something similar uh, if the tournament went ahead as planned so they were really getting out of their uh, loop but now with all of their players back and fit i think they can be a good force to be reckoned with okay that's interesting what's your take uh, siddhant um yeah i think out of the the rest of the four i think the the only squad that is strong enough is punjab i don't think that there's any the squad that even stands the chance against these top four mega teams i think because if you look at any other squad including your punjab as well for the matter i think punjab can only beat these top four on a lucky day because if your harpreet brar out of nowhere comes and takes your three four wickets or your ashdeep singh just comes and just destroys or something like that but on a consistent basis i don't think that they can do it over the course of a season i doubt and when it comes to the other three team the other three teams are i let's not talk about that um your um your srh is totally out of it srh is not in a contention anymore kkr as well i think kkr is also pretty much not in contention anymore but then this is a i think yeah i think that's why punjab is the only team that can do it but highly doubtful i think this year we're looking at a final of for me i think the final should be of csk as mi as usual but i would like to see dc there as well so we we are talking about csk mi you never know we might see rcb versus dc anything can happen in this you know indian premier league or i could say incredible premier league so you never know but i feel srh has a very good chance yes they are out and down bottom of the table but uh, you know since 2016 since the time they have won uh the first ipl title they have been consistent and they have been qualifying to the playoffs and you know i'll be really really sad uh, if they don't qualify this time around too so i feel srh i'm hoping for srh yes it's looking difficult but fingers crossed i really hope they make it and yes uh, as ayush and siddhan pointed out i feel uh, punjab can also punjab has the ability to disrupt the top 4 vashish what's your take on that um i agree with uh, ayush and sid uh, mentioning kings 11 punjab i think the two best buddies kl rahul and mayank agarwal opening the innings i think it's the most wonderful thing to see but um there's one or in fact two players that can disrupt the whole table and these two players belong to rajasthan royals unfortunately a team that has no chance of qualifying the two players that i talk about are Liv- liam livingstone who's been 
in the form of his life, scoring the most number of runs in the recently concluded 100 and batting extremely well for England with almost a 51-ball 100. And coming in after him, if Livingston bats at 5, then there's Rahul Tevatia at 6. And we all know what Rahul Tevatia is capable of in the IPL. So if these two guys can switch it up, and get to that next gear, I think they can take the Rajasthan Royals to a couple of more wins and maybe the number four spot in the playoffs. Well, well, Vashisht. It is, if it isn't the, you know, uh, out of the box Vashisht as usual. And I really thought you would come up something with that. That's really good analysis, I would say. So, yeah, let's see. One thing to add on. I think with genuinely people are sleeping on Rajasthan Royals right now. I know they have lost three of the biggest names in T20, but their players have been in the kind of form that is like world-class level. I think Mustafizur Rahman, he bullied Australian and New Zealand teams. Like he barely gave away runs and he blew away their batting lineups. You know, Sanju Samson, Mr. Inconsistent, but if he's on song, you, you've lost that game. If Sanju Samson is on fire, his team has won that game. They got Shamsi and I think they have got Glenn Phillips in as well, who's been in amazing form for the New Zealand uh, T20 team and the white ball cricket. So they are, I think, your very left-hand pick where all of their names are actually in really, really good form. Just the thing is that those names aren't actually big enough for people to take them seriously. So it's a question of form versus quality. They have informed players, but those players aren't generally quality. They're quality right now, but will they be quality throughout an entire tournament is the big question. So basically underdogs, if you if you want to, if you want to give them a term, right? And last time, RR were huge underdogs. We saw what they did. Yeah, I mean, Tewatiya, man. I just, I can't forget Tewatiya. I'm sorry. It's just, he's he's my guy. He's a good, he's a good player. But you know, that, that kind of innings, five sixes in a row. Okay. uh, Against Sheldon Cottrell in Sarja. I mean, I was lucky enough to witness it live. But that kind of innings just happens once or twice. I'll be really honest. Okay. If you can pull out such innings time and time again, then I would say, yes, he's a very good player. But for me, he's a decent player. I mean, we all remember Tevatiya because of this. Other than, you know, but before that innings, no one even heard of Rahul Tevatiya, if I have to be honest. Absolutely. And I think this IPL is going to give more players a chance to come into the spotlight. Chetan Sakarya coming back. As your left-arm pacer, I think he wants to make an impact as well for the Rajasthan Royals. So we have a lot of exciting cricket ahead of us. And on this this podcast, we are going to give you a weekly coverage of all the matches that have happened. Special guests to be rolling in every single week. This is going to be an exciting time to be a cricket fan all the way up till December. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It has been a wonderful time talking to you, Ayush. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sid. It was bit, it was awesome getting to know you as well. Anand, as usual, why don't you tell us wh- whether you're going to be watching every single IPL match live or not? Absolutely. I mean, I'll be glued to the TV since 7.30 p.m. I mean, it's IPL. Who misses an IPL match, man? It's it's all about the Etra line. It's all about you know that nervousness. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? That that fan battles which we have against our friends. It's it's all amazing. It's as I said, it's it's not a tournament. It's a festival for whole of India. You know, yes, we we might we might be divided, but that's 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 only for a month, right? After that, we are all Indian cricket team again. 
So let's enjoy this incredible Premier League, not Indian Premier League, incredible Premier League. So yeah, we'll be coming every week, uh, as Vasish said, with special guests. So stay tuned to our podcast. Thank you, Ayush. Thank you, Sid, for coming over. Uh, so signing off, Vasish Chabria, Sidhan Sapru, Ayush Faller, and Anand Samad. Take care, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Thank you, everyone.